Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello, I'm Ellie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. Who are you? I'm Keith Stewart. It's Keith Stewart! Hooray! Yes! He's back, Ellie! He's back, the best-selling novelist, uh, former editor, games editor of The Guardian, and just all-round good human. Is that a fair description? I think so, yeah. That's what my agent told me to, you to say. Yeah, so. yeah. That's, that's £5, pounds, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had you on the podcast before, and you've come back. I know, yeah. I, I, yeah, it must be for good behaviour. I don't know, or bad behaviour. Yeah. Or the fact that you use Ellie's house as a hotel. As a, basically as a hotel, yeah. yes. Well, welcome, Keith. Welcome. So we're going to talk about lots of stuff tonight. We're going to talk about video games. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Fortnite. Yes. Because that's a big issue for parents at the moment. Uh, and, you know, it's trendy, isn't it, basically? That's what we're saying. Yeah. Um, but we're also going to talk about your new book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it came out, yes, came out today in hardback and ebook. And audiobook. Oh my goodness. You <laughs> did that. Did you sit and read all your own words in a little room over many days? No, no, we I have a, we have actors to do it. <laughs> oh But oh I got God. I got to um they You they... didn't do the voice of like the fifteen year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I had a like oh a helium God. balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have a lot of helium. It doesn't it sounds really weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but before we get into the new book and all that, what have you been up to since we last had you on the podcast? Quite a lot, Keith. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, ste- I stepped down because I was Guardian's games editor. I stepped down from that because, you know, it was too too much to do. So I still write for The Guardian. But yeah, I've written this whole book that that was quite difficult and yeah. time consuming. So that was, yeah, it's taken me 18 months to write book three. Uh, and Wait, book of... three you've done? No, yeah. sorry. What am I on now? Book He's two. so tired. Oh yeah. <laughs> Keith, I hate to break it to I'm you. You've including... only done two books. No, no, I haven't actually because I did a book on the Sega Mega Drive. Oh, okay. So, that's yeah, that's that, the same as that's a best-selling my, novel. That's my Oprah's <laughs> <Yes. writers>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. No, I actually did a book before that. I did a book. I once, when I was really desperate for money, when I was a freelancer, I, um, I was offered... The chance to write a book on Spanish and Portuguese folk costume. Oh, for, for like for like two hundred pounds. Why have you got a specialisation? No, that? I knew nothing about it. But and they went, I know Keith Stewart's the man. <laughs> yes. He's creative. Who often dresses as a matador? <laughs> 
Well, you could have passed the work on to us. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, you next could have paid time. it forward. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and what have we been up to, Keith? Yes. Thanks for asking. We are, we are. We've been just touring everywhere. Our book is still in print. We have written no more books. And, Ellie, guess what we've got? What, Helen? We've got brand new cat suits. Oh, yes, we have. I'm very yes. excited. I've, if anyone's been to our new show, you, you will have seen us looking very shiny, not only in gold cat suits, Ellie, but yes. also... Let's just say they are modelled on a part of the human anatomy, these and other cat suits. They may have a fur trim. Um, <laughs> let's just say that. Um, but yeah, we, we wanted to talk about them because it's festival season, obviously, that we're coming into. And State of Disarray, who made our suits, make amazing festival wear. Not all of which looks like a woman's front bottom. Like yes. there, there are some... <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their brochure now. It's all like wonderful colours. There's like little leotards. There's full cat suits. Very jazzy jackets, oh, I must yes. say. Great fish hat. There's an well. amazing fish hat. Awesome sort of like kind of zippy jackets, everything you'd ever want in festival gear. So go and see them. They're at www.com. I'm on nice. People won't. Otherwise, people will never get there if you don't put in the uh, People never work. It I out. like a detail. You've not done the HTTP <laughs> trash forward. Colon. Yes. First, switch on your computer. <laughs> then open Internet Explorer. <laughs> Netscape Navigator. Oh yes. Anyway, it's stateofdisarray.co.uk and also on the social medias or so me as I was told the other day. Oh, is that what people are calling it? Yeah, like so me. God, I hate people. I know, right? Um, it's at state of disarray on your Facebook, your Instagram, and your Pinterest. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on your Pinterest. If it's 2010, <laughs> go for it. Why not go for it? Anyway, so a massive thank you to State of Disarray, yes. who made us custom-built catsuits. So one morning, oh, where was it, Ellie? Can you paint the scene? I believe we were in a travelodge in Cambridge, uh, in my room, which overlooked a Nando's. Oh, and oh, a car park. It's a dream yes. scenario. Yes. I'd, I'd spent a very melancholy morning looking out of the rainy window, sipping my unpleasant tea with UHT milk, uh, watching them load in the marinades to Nando's. It was... <laughs> It was a very moving scene. It was like something from the wasteland. Um, and then you popped in. Yeah. And then we had to take our clothes off down to our undies, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, that's right. And we had to measure each other. 26 I different... I think I've measures. seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends with us just eating chicken. <laughs> and then the plumber comes in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it was it was, it was was dreamy time. So we, we took all these measurements and then we sent them off to the captain at State of Disarray and back came all these catsuits. And we've even got... Like detachable hoods, we've got capes. Yes, oh, it's it's very glam rock, I must say. Yes, um, it, do, they are brilliant. Do you have, you could do a brilliant party game with your with your uh, front bottom suits? Pin the pin pin. The, I think you'll um, find their twat suits. Given <laughs> their proper name, exactly. You could do like pin the pin on pin on the clitoris. Find the clitoris. G spot. Don't tell me you haven't played that game before. G spot the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blind man's muff. <laughs> Come on. Oh, oh we're on oh, fire. There we go. Oh, well, that's that's cat suit. Yes. Like the fact we've set, we've set the tone exactly yeah. right. Oh, well, you don't even know what's coming up with my game. I mean, that 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 brings all our loves together. So that would be good. So that's it. So let's get back to you, Keith. Go on, okay. then, seeing as you're here. And um, now your first book, A Boy Made of Blocks, which you talked about first time that was a huge hit and um, that you, did you actually meet Richard and Judy I did right? yeah so we you've got into the Richard and Judy uh, book club yeah and um, and part of that was to go to we had went to a, an event and um, 
met Richard and Judy and they interviewed me about the book. Oh my God. I would genuinely rather go to Richard and Judy's party than like the Queen's Garden party. I know you wouldn't, Thorne, but oh my God. I'd no, 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 no. I would, I would walk over hot coals to get between Richard and Judy. Like, I mean, I just want to be, I want to nuzzle in both their bosoms. I just, yeah. oh. Well, I did. And, but then, as, I was being, <laughs> as I was being removed from the building. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I met, that's, this is where I met, um, met Jilly Cooper. I had my photo oh. taken with Jilly Cooper. Oh. How was she? Um, um, lo- lovely. Okay. She was reasonably tipsy, I think. But then so was I. So I um, and it was um, more like my wife was there as well, and she slipped a copy of my book into uh, Julie Cooper's handbag. Oh my so, good uh, morag! Yeah, so um, she, she might have read that morag. Yeah, she yeah, sly. exactly. Yeah, so that was good. But now, I, what I remember was that R- Richard is exactly in real life as he is on television. Yes, and he told me because I, t- I told him I was on, on the way to Malvern to see to stay with my wife's parents, and he was giving me amazing facts about the Malverns. He said, Keith, do you know if you go up and stand. on the Malverns there's no higher elevation until you get to the Russian steps <laughs> uh, and it was that thanks so much I love him I know he's, he was just fantastic why isn't he king or president or something like he, I don't, he just represents he everything that that is good about this country. Yeah, yeah. It really does. But okay, so you got you got sort of Richard and Judy fame, but then Boy Made of Blocks, it went global. Like, yeah. I, well, I remember we visited your house and you just had like piles of your book in different languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, he, he wrote them all out himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it came out in the end in, I think it's uh, 25 different countries. Wow. And yeah, the, the interesting thing is, yeah, I get sent five copies from each country so mm. once in a while yeah i'll get five copies in chinese and i've just had the danish ones in oh. so yeah it was but oh. no it's yeah it was, it was it was amazing i mean in some countries they've sold quite well in some countries they haven't and like uh, people now um some of the countries are coming back to um to buy the next book and mm. i keep getting these emails from them saying well boy made blocks didn't do that well so um but we've got a lot of faith in you so i've get, been getting these emails from each country and it's like the, it's like the worst <laughs> eurovision song contest <laughs> yeah wow but, it's like it's like getting email from someone you've slept with, going, "Look, let's just give it another go." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a really nice time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good. One of us did. I had five photos uh, yeah. of the night. And is it is it being made into a film? A boy made of blocks. Is that um, so? It's been optioned. Oh. Well, what that means is someone will try to make it into a movie, and then it probably won't. But it might not happen. So. Oh. But it has been optioned by companies, so they're looking into it now. So now you're, a, you know, a world famous uh, multi billionaire uh, novelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still you're still writing about games as well, though? Yeah, so I'm still writing. So I dropped out of the Guardian as games editor, but I'm I, I sort of snuck back in as games correspondent. So I'm working. Kesha McDonald is the new games editor, and I'm kind of working with her. Close personal friend. Not saying she's better at the job, Keith. I'm just yeah, saying no, that's fine. She's a woman, so that's. Good. <laughs> so it goes without saying that she is. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Not my words. Yeah. Well, it's funny. As soon as... as yeah. She doesn't make the rules. <laughs> Just live by them. Um, so, yeah, she, but it's quite funny because as soon as I left, they took video games. The Guardian decided to take video games out of technology and put them in culture. So, Kez is very uh, pleased because she get, she, they gave her a desk next to the folk music editor. <laughs> So, the folk music editor yeah. of The Guardian. Yeah. Folk music oh. and video games together at last. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the natural fit, really, isn't it? What I love is as well, because I read The Guardian a lot and there's all these messages saying, oh, God, please give us money. Like, you know, two pounds could feed a starving Guardian writer hummus for a day. Like, things like this. Um, but, like, they've still got a folk music editor. Like, that, he'll be the last to go. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, those, those vegan slippers that, they, that he wears <laughs> don't pay for themselves. 
<laughs> I think he's taking backhanders from Clannard. Whoever the fuck, I don't know who does fake music, uh, really. Um, yeah. Now, while we're talking about games, uh, we did want to talk about a specific game because I've been asked quite a lot about this, Keith, and I know you've written about it for yeah. The Guardian. We're talking about, of course, Fortnite. Because mm-hmm. um, I think um, a lot of parents kids are into Fortnite, but a lot of parents don't really know what it is as evidenced by um helen thorns spelling it in the running order Fortnite, like the word Fortnite. what an idiot what a massive prick <laughs> what? how else do you spell it fort n-i-t-e because mm. it's cool it's like the kids yeah i wish you could see ellie gibson doing some kind of like hip-hop arms, <laughs> yeah. some hip-hop arms at me like it makes it okay um <laughs> you wouldn't call a game like Fortnite of a normal spelling that's but like that's calling why it i'm so confused yeah, that's All like right. calling it month yeah exactly or, you know tuesday uh, you know, come on you've got to make it cool foreign. Got to spell it's like it northern nightclubs that always spell n-i-t-e yeah they? yeah exactly or northern hairdressers are always called cuts with a k-t-z <laughs> Z, yeah <laughs> So you've written about it for The Guardian. I've written a parent's guide about it for uh, Sony PlayStation. Um, But basically, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, what is a Fortnite? A Fortnite, Ellie, um, is... So it's a computerised video game. uh, And um, it's a multiplayer online game. And uh, basically, 100 players are parachuted onto an island. And they have Mm. to find weapons and fight and it's the last person that survives out of these 100 is the winner and that Sounds is the game so it's like really jolly well um it's, <laughs> it's jolly than it sounds yeah, oh, really? yeah. So it's gonna... very kind of cartoon the visual the, the graphics are very cartoony and it's very silly mm. so it's very sort of slapstick violence isn't it really yeah. it's not like call of duty it's not blood and visco it's like doom meets gilligan's island or something uh, yeah a little bit like that right, yeah, yeah that's exactly good. it except there's no yeah warm messaging at the end about family <laughs> right. and, and togetherness and then you are the winner because you are alive yes yeah, that's okay. it yeah so yeah. yeah it's just like life really oh. and it's a it's a 12 plus is that right it is yes 12 yeah i think so now yeah, yeah it's 12 plus do you think i mean do your kids play it keith Yes, they do. My 10-year-old and my 12-year-old player. Not here to judge. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's my question really because, again, that's something I get asked a lot because, you know, we always... The official line is age ratings are really strict and I would never let a six-year-old play an 18-rated game. But with this game... Because I guess the thing is, it is... Like, let's be honest, it has got guns and shooting and explosions mm. in it and people die in it, but there's no blood or gore... No. ...or sort of swears. No, no So, no. yeah, do you think 10 is an all right age then? I think, I think so, yeah. I mean, I think... As as a parent, you, the, basically any online multiplayer game is instantly rated twelve plus anyway, because okay. the, because uh, anything that gives you the ability to talk to other people, obviously there's a possibility of, of of hearing language or conversations that probably aren't suitable for a child. But as a parent, you don't you don't have to have the voice comms on, so you could you mm. could have a child playing it without that. But yeah, I yeah, think you just go into like parental controls yes. on the PlayStation. If you press the PlayStation button on the controller, yeah. that brings up like the dashboard, doesn't it? And then you go into settings parental controls I mean fuck That's me it. if you can do Facebook you can do this yeah exactly yeah okay. and also there's a really good site uh, www.askaboutgames.com which is run by um, the uh, Video Standards Council who do all the video games at Idring ratings in uh, Britain and they tell you how to use parental controls on all the consoles and on your phone on your PC and uh, you can just go through that and, and, and set it up it's really really easy to manage games to make sure they're suitable for your kids I think yeah I think because that's the biggest kind of fear like I had uh, Matilda my nine year old daughter was invited to a fortnight party mm-hmm. and the mum was like oh I just want to check you're okay with it and I was like well 
No, because I don't know about enough about what the game. What did they do? Did all the kids kill each other until there's one left? <laughs> <laughs> well, she said she had, she 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 had five screens and they're all playing Fortnite together. And I right. I wasn't so keen on that because mm. I said, oh, Matilda's she's not really into video games and she's not she's never played anything kind of shooty. And I didn't think. Yeah, but then I was like, oh, am I being an asshole? Like, it's hard to... I don't think you yeah. are being an asshole. Yeah. I think... Um, not that time, anyway. Yeah, not no, that time. I mean, I mean, there were so many other occasions when you are. <laughs> but I think this was just one of those really rare ones. a bronze ones. Yeah. medal yeah. rather than a gold medal. No, I don't asshole. think so. Because yeah. I think, you know, I, I think when you grew up playing video games like me, you just take it for granted that it's okay to play at shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm. I think what's difficult, but I think what's good is that you you know you've thought about it. I think one of the problems with that I find really disconcerting, and I was complaining about being asked to be on a BBC radio program last week when all they wanted to talk about was how this was a very destructive and dangerous thing. Mm. I think it's really weird how the press, whenever kids are enthusiastic about something, there's basically two stories that the tabloids do. It's what is this crazy new thing your kids are into, and then after that, it's why this crazy new thing your kids are into will kill them and that you know there's no other way of thinking about it Mm. and I don't know like I find that very frustrating because actually Fortnite it's really social my sons play it with their friends and they have a laugh and it's quite imaginative because there's the building component as as well so you're not just shooting you've got to like build forts in order to sort of protect yourself and defend them ah forts yeah see hey there's the ticket so it's quite creative and my my sons often talk about it and they talk about their plans of what they're going to do and what they're going to try and you know um, it's keeping you off the drugs exactly if anything keep them off crystal meth I'm all for it ding dong yeah Yeah. Yeah. but I think as well you know the, the big cliche about you know teenage boys playing alone in their bedrooms which I don't even if they do that like video games are social now so they put on a headset on and they'll play with their friends and like they're not just talking about the game they're talking about their lives and what they're doing and and, I, and it's a social thing so I think they're reaching out Keith that's what you're saying it. they're reaching out well yeah mm. a lot of the time men need a, 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 a distraction with, to talk to each other in a you know human way that's yeah, why yeah. football was invented exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah so yeah. video games in that respect are just like football it's a place that they feel comfortable and then they can you know open up so it's not yeah. the devil. They're not going to go and shoot exactly. people on an island all of a sudden. No, no, exactly. Yeah. You can take them to the Isle of Wight and it's going to be fine. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Keith and I have been playing video games for over 80 years collectively. Yes. And we've barely murdered anyone in real life. So You I can think count the number of murders that me and Ellie have committed on two hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, fine. You've convinced the listener now. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Rest assured, everyone. <laughs> I think we've done it. I think we've nutshelled it. But if you yeah. do want to know more about, the, like, like, because in your our Guardian article, mm. you want sorts of questions about like the money thing and like the, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So do go and look for Keith's article on Fortnite on the Guardian, and it's it's awesome. But that's a good. I mean, I think I feel better generally about video games after what you've said because I think I think because I know so little and mm. from what you are sort of bam- bombarded with with the media it's like ah video games are bad and, and if yeah. I think it's it's very human to fear what you don't really understand yeah and um, like lots of people didn't grow up playing video games so mm. it's natural if they see if you see your kids playing a video game you don't understand how it works yeah. it's very natural to feel kind of um, confused by that and worried about it and I think that's good you know it's good as a parent to be worried about your kids yeah. but I think the next step for me isn't to ring the Daily Mail and complain it's play the game mm. with your child and talk about them and uh, talk about it with them <laughs> and I think that's you know that's the most positive thing you can do and then make the decision for yourself from a position of having played it and you 
you know, your kids will um, love it when you play video games with them. Yeah. Because it's there, you, like, you know, inviting you into their little world. Oh, well, that's that's our games chat done, isn't it, Ellie? I think so. Should we talk about Keith's new book? Yes, I really want to find out because I haven't read it. Because you can't be asked to read it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've read some of it and Ellie's read all of it. So oh, yeah, thank you, Ellie. She's a better friend. Mm. I'll, I'll just quickly summarise it for you. So basically, um, it's, about, it's about a father and a daughter and the daughter has like a heart condition and what happens is they meet this talking dog and the talking dog... <laughs> <laughs> it's dressed as a vagina yeah. and there's this um, Australian character called Kelly Bourne who's incredibly annoying and just she laughs um, like a pig on drugs and um, it's it's brilliant it's, right? not, it's not based on anyone no, that I've ever met it's no. Richard and Julie yeah. are going to love it they yeah. love all those things why didn't you put a talking dog in it I'd have given it five stars I know yeah it's easy you know you think about you don't think about these things at the time then afterwards when you finish it off you think oh, I had no talking dog it yeah. was the missing what beast was I thinking yeah. of <laughs> Rather than uh, me fictionalise it, why don't you nutshell your book for us, Keith? Come on, 70,000 okay. words, give it to us in 12. Right. What is it actually called? I don't think we've actually said oh, the right, title. Oh, right, so it's called uh, Days of Wonder. It's, Days it's of out, Wonder. It's out now in hardback on uh, audio and ebook. And yeah, it's a story of a father called Tom, and his, uh, he's a theatre. Um, He's a theatre manager and his daughter, Hannah, who's 15, and she has a serious uh, heart condition. Mm. And um, it gets in the book very early on. uh, Her heart condition worsens and she's worried about what will happen to her father if she does does, uh, pass away. So uh, she tries to get him dating. And it's about... Um, with hilarious results. With hilarious consequences. Don't be modest. Yeah. And, uh, and at the same time, the theatre that he runs, he runs a small local theatre, is threatened by with closure from the council. So they have all these crises that come in on them and it's how they cope with them. Mm. Uh, so so yeah but it is a, I like it, the best way to describe it kind of it's like a it's a, it's a comedy about uh, congenital heart disease <laughs> so, so was Carry On Doctor yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> in a nutshell it's Carry On Doctor for, the, for millennials yeah because it's quite because your first book A Boy Made of Blocks was not autobiographical but it was about a father and a son and the son was on the autistic spectrum yeah, yeah. which of course is based on your life yeah experience. on my own experiences definitely so it was semi-autobiographical definitely so yeah, yeah boy and a son uh, connecting through Minecraft and the sons on the autism spectrum. So, so, why did you decide to then just write about shit you know nothing about? Because um, I couldn't get away with writing another semi autobiographical <laughs> book. I'd, I'd exhausted everything interesting that ever happened to me. Couldn't you have made it about a mum and a girl on the autistic spectrum who really yeah. likes Zelda? I mean, come on, yeah. use your imagination, you're a writer. <laughs> we, we wanted to do something similar because um, it, it, it had done so, so well. Um, so you you do find yourself like with me and my my editor Edward were in a in a uh, pub going through the different things that could go wrong in a family and whether we could make a book out of it. Um, so that was that was an interesting conversation. That jolly, yeah. Isn't it? Um, so um, yeah, I knew I wanted to do another story about family in crisis sort of thing, mm. but I wanted it to be completely different. And um, it just so happened that Morag has a friend who uh, had a heart, heart surgery as a baby. And then she had heart surgery again as a teenager. And I was talking to her about her experiences. And what I found really interesting was the fact that for her, she had this condition. And when she was a 14-year-old, she was told that if she didn't have surgery, she had a 60-40% chance of surviving. But she was a teenager and all she really wanted to do was listen to music and, you know, snog boys and mm. met, and get into trouble. And I found it really interesting the way she talked about it was that she t- she talked about her life as a normal teenager. But also she had this kind of thing hanging over, this gigantic 
thing hanging over her. Mm. And I found, you know, that was really interesting. And um, and so I thought that would be a really interesting story to tell. Well, it turns out you were wrong. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've read it, and it's, it's amazing. And it's that's a topic I didn't know anything about and haven't really thought about. And I just thought you just deal with it so sensitively, but also... Um, hilariously which I'm not going to say I wasn't expecting because you are I know you and you're funny but there's so many laughs in this book which is basically about death it's amazing Mm. well that that was it because I I really wanted to because you know I've been through my my dad died 10 years ago and it was the the, you know it's the hardest worst thing that can ever happen to you Um, and um, but it it was like the 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 process that happened my dad died of cancer and I in the, the two days when we were with him at the end, my family were all together, and we actually—you know—it sounds awful, and people won't understand it if they've not been through this situation. But we did, you know, we sat around and we talked with my dad, and we were laughing, you know, as a family. And I think, like in every tragic situation in your lives, there is like you've got to see the the funny. You've got to see the funny in it. You've got you've got to do that. That's how we cope with life, you know. I don't know what that's like. I don't. I don't know, <laughs> I know. that we've made an entire career out of the misery of parenthood and made yeah. it funny. Uh, but but I think that's what people cling to. They want to f- see the light in the dark. Yeah. And uh, yeah. But I liked that you wrote from both the father's perspective and the daughter's perspective. Yeah. Why did you choose to do both voices? Because yeah, I d- I didn't want to. I think Boy Made of Blocks is very much like the father's story. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that again. And I didn't want to... I didn't want the whole thing to be told from his perspective. Because yeah. I thought her story was really interesting. And the yeah. idea of how do you as a person cope with the knowledge that your life could be cut short. And I thought... Because Hannah in the book, she's really... Um, she's quite cynical and funny. And she deals with it in quite a grown-up way. Mm. And I don't think I could have conveyed her character through her father's eyes I don't think it would have been fair to that character and it wouldn't have been in, as interesting no because you're always so overprotective as a parent yeah. and you always think that you know what your child's going through but you don't you don't ever know the full picture do you no exactly and I, when I was when I was writing the book as part of the research I went to Great Ormond Street Hospital and I met I went to the cardiology department and I met and talked to and discussed with um, a cardiologist called Dr Ma- uh, Matthew Fenton uh, who was incredibly helpful when I was writing this book, and he told me a lot about the process of telling parents and teen their teenage children uh, about their child's condition because he's a, um, a paediatric cardiologist, so he deals with children. And that dynamic of uh, he'd often have to work out relationships with the children in that he would tell them things, and then they would have to tell their parents, or sometimes you'd tell the parents first to prepare them, but he had to manage this kind of intricate relationship, not only between him and his patient, but also him and his patient and their parents. Yeah. And that interplay, and he said, like, often he found that the children wanted to protect their parents from the truth. Yeah. And I think that's really fascinating, you know, Mm. what must that be like to be a child who has this condition, but also this worry of not wanting to upset their parents. That, yeah. And that I couldn't have told, like, obviously I couldn't have told that story if I was just telling it from the father's perspective. So, you know, all the way through, Hannah's worrying about how she's going to deal with what's happening, but also how she's going to tell her dad and how her dad's going to cope. And I guess having that condition ages a child as well, you will suddenly... Yeah, yeah that, that's it. Cause I spoke to uh, Jane Crook, who's a, uh, who's a specialist nurse at Great Ormond Street Hospital, who deals a lot with the teenagers there. And she said that they often are, they're very kind of realistic about life mm. and they're very matter-of-fact about it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think, yeah, and, and that was really important. But I also think, 
Yeah, I was really worried when I started the book because I did have this kind of worry that teenagers are just basically um, like Kevin from, you know, Kev from the, the Harry Enfield's teenager storming yeah. around and slamming doors and monosyllabic. Mm. And um, but I actually I, did, I I met a lot of I met a lot of teenage girls when I was making this. <laughs> like, that it's so funny. Is always as I know. Good. <laughs> nothing, nothing, this does not sound good. But more uh, like, travel lodge just off yeah. the one. <laughs> <laughs> more, like, did you see that? More I put on a fa- put a Facebook post up on uh, Facebook saying to to her friends. Um, uh, so um, Keith, my husband's doing some research. Has anyone got any teenage daughters he can borrow? <laughs> So I read this and thought, oh this God, is on one hand helpful, <laughs> but on another hand, so not, so not good. So, but no, I did, but I, but I talked to them with their parents. Yeah. Like, so we met up, uh, so I met a lot of teenagers um, with their parents and I talked to them and um, I was lucky and I met a, a bunch of uh, teenagers who were su- super intelligent and funny mm. and it really made me feel much more confident about writing the book about a teenager who's intelligent and resourceful and, and, um, and uh, mature, yeah, and wasn't just slamming doors. And well, again, well done because honestly, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna like write from the perspective of a teenage girl. I can't even remember what it was like mm. to yeah. be a teenage girl. Fucking hell, Keith, what are you doing? I know. And well, that's what I was thinking every day for <laughs> eighteen months. So glad I made this decision. Yeah, Thanks, Ed, and that time yeah. in the pub. Yeah, <laughs> but it then was... as I read it, I was like, bits of it, and I, you know, I don't have a heart condition, but bits of it just re- did remind me of myself or of of being that age and that gender and in that world and being a bit like Hannah's like me a little bit nerdy and a little bit into nerdy stuff and and, but she's sort of all right with that in herself and I was like oh he has based the character on me (laughs) he's so flattered you you put him in the loft and you read all your stupid yeah I went through all your diaries (laughs) yeah should have uh, yeah that's the big revelation now I should have told you about before we got (laughs) off the podcast but yeah I've been through all your diaries you've been turning the diaries now that you've made I just want to say I wouldn't have snogged Terence at the party but you know <laughs> wow! <laughs> but that is but, no, you do because you want to get an authentic voice yeah, as well. Because as soon as, as soon as people don't feel like it's real, I mean, we're, we're talking about fiction, but you want you want people to be in that character yeah. and not going, oh, but that's not factually correct, or that's not what a teenage girl will say, and yeah, that kind of yeah. skewers it. But I don't think I think, I think no. you, really you, you didn't it. fuck it up, Keith. Is what oh, saying. thanks. Oh, you thank God a, for the, yes. the paperback. You <laughs> didn't fuck it up. Not the scummy <laughs> You didn't fuck it up, stamp of approval. Oh, Congrats. It's what we all hope for. It's, the, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's that and the Pulitzer Prize. That's what yeah, every, that, that's what yeah, every yeah, author yeah. wants. I mean, something you do know about is Somerset. Yes, I do. Sorry, that was a bit past it. From teenage girls to your home county. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, the same yeah. way. So a- you... <laughs> Why don't you set a book in Catford, Keith? You spend enough time here staying in my house. <laughs> so, um, so, so it's set in, in Somerset again. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I just think, because um, I, I love it there. And it's I, like, very nice. Yeah, and I think, because um, there's, there's lots of eccentric characters in the book. Not and, enough fried chicken shops. Yeah, there, there isn't. Are. No, there's no perfect chicken no. in, um, in Froome, that's for sure. <laughs> it's really, like, Froome is very offbeat. I think the whole of Somerset's quite mm. strange. It's quite yeah. an inter- interesting combination of kind of yokel people, local people, yokel yeah. people, oh my God. I hope no, you've really Somerset's. gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, and people have come in like Froome is like quite sort of trendy town it's gone a bit got... sheeshy isn't I know, it yeah, yeah. So it's, the, it's the trendiest town uh, in Britain according to I think is it Good Housekeeping I can't remember Oh, I don't know 
Well, they've certainly got their finger on the pulse when it comes to trends. (laughs) I think you both say, just because it's not a catfish. (laughs) (laughs) I especially have the descriptions of the theatre because Hen and I obviously tour our, our, you know, hit comedy show. Sell out. Scummy Mummies all over the country. Tickets from scummymummies.com. But like, I was just reading your book and going, oh God, yes, I've I've been in dozens of these theatres. I've been in that lighting box and I've been in that room with all the shit and the box files and like, and I've met this guy who's just really into it. Always called Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Always called Ted. I was Um, just like, oh yeah. I know, that's what I love about, that's what I love about your book and I love about touring is that these regional theatres are absolute gems and mm. as an Australian I don't ever get sick of me going oh this is so quaint but it's it's absolutely delightful these like little Victorian theatres or art deco theatres that we go into and and there, there will be Doris on the door who's been there 40 years and is yeah. still wearing her, yeah. her smart jacket well she actually her... died in 2012 <laughs> <laughs> no one could bear to move her yeah. it's too impolite to move her so right, just let us keep, keep oh you. she would have wanted it that yeah, way yeah exactly just put a little just ice give cream her a little job yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also, obviously, since the arts cuts, most like small theatres are now run by like volunteers anyway. Yeah. And you yeah, get the, you get this kind of real sort of sense of community around them. And the, you know, in in Days of Wonder, they have a like an amateur dramatics group who are attached to the theatre, and they all know each other. And they all come into this theatre with lots of different problems in their lives. But when they're together, they're actors. And, oh my um, god, it sounds like Dibley. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what yes. I tried to Dibbly write. Dibbly with death. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the original title. Oh, that was the Dibbly working title. Yeah. Oh, good, yes. The ticker of Dibbly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a hit touring show. <laughs> What can I say, guys? It just, oh, it, oh, I, it's just, where does it come it's from? It's not really? in the I channel. I channel. Oh, right, it's, it's, it's okay. like I lob and then she smashes. Just, I mean, yeah, oh, every time. Smash every it, time. Smash it down. Of comedy. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> now, we're not going to give away the ending, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Helen knows, I'm a very unemotional person. Mm. I don't get moved by things. Oh, I, I've questioned for many years that she had tear ducts. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, let's just say, I had something in my eye that oh, day. Keith Stewart... Uh, possibly uh, pollen <laughs> possibly maybe a squirt of chilli from your kebab maybe a shard of glass the amount of water that was that it was oh. um, it, I, I you know I'm not just saying this because you are my friend because frankly I think of you more as an associate it's, yeah or, or a, a paying guest <laughs> not a paying guest <laughs> not a lodger yeah. a second. Um, I think I think Days of Wonder is a brilliant brilliant book oh, well done you. man oh, thanks very much I didn't fuck it up you didn't Keith Stewart he did <laughs> Fuck it up. <laughs> we'll put that on your tombstone. Yeah. Don't forget, we're coming to your funeral. Do you remember, we talked oh, about yes. Like, yes. Oh, oh yeah, you're going to burst in at the back dressed as Mario and Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had this actually written in now to yeah. my, yeah, my, it's with my solicitor. We're going to so. put a blue plaque on Ellie's yeah. house too. Kids, you at one stadium for free. Uh, yeah. Not just the once. No, yeah. not just the once. And we oh. should maybe do a shout out to the amazing Morag, your wife as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she, let's be honest, she basically with... wrote it, didn't yeah. she? Yeah, she like, did. Like Frederick yeah. Forsyth. Yeah, she's the gay. <laughs> Yeah. Morag is, is Keith's amazing wife, who we absolutely adore. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, she's had to she had to put up with a lot during this book because um, it was very difficult. It was really difficult to write it. Was it harder than the first one? Then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was really hard. It was. Really, I mean, it took me eighteen months, and I had to have a break about, about three months. Are you saying break or breakdown? Breakdown. Yeah, I had a <laughs> scheduled breakdown, okay, which good. I took full advantage of. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it was really it was really difficult. Um, yeah, because it's a big subject. Yeah. And, um, you 
know, I'm, uh, yeah, it was it was really hard, and I obviously couldn't have done it without her. Couldn't but not she, yeah, but she comes up with amazing ideas as well, and she has a brilliant perspective on it. And obviously, because I was writing it from a like half of it from a, a woman's perspective, and a lot of a lot of the reasons why, if it does work, it's because of, it's a lot of it is because of her saying no, that would never happen, or <laughs> try and add that, or do this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Were you before like before like um, <laughs> she read the women's bits? Was it, was it all like, oh, woke up today, think I'm menstruating? Yes. <laughs> Went to the chemist to buy a tampon. 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 Then I, I, then I had a lot of chocolate <laughs> yeah. and watched these women, and now I feel great. Is it like that? <laughs> Do you, so you, you read the draft. The draft you? Selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Right, book chat done, Ellie. Yes. Now, I believe you've got a game for us, though. Yes. I, well, because, because we've been talking about... <laughs> Games and feminism and women. I thought we should do like risky things. All those things. Um, I thought we should do like a a feminist retake of famous video games. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. So games of wonder, not days of wonder. So what I've done. Wow, you're it's so like you're getting into this, aren't you? It's incredible. Yeah. Patronising, but so nice at the same time. Welcome Uh, to games journey. Yeah. (laughs) This is our lives. 
This is like everyone we know that we like is like this. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. So you right. thought it was just me? No, no. Steve like Hill. This. Right. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Help me. Uh, anyway, so what I've done is I've written down the names of famous games and then basically um, I've got a bowl of, of lady parts uh, in the other bowl. So you're <laughs> really... one of the parts. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Shush down. <laughs> Don't spoil it for the listener. Um, so, yes, should I do like an example? Yes. Just to kind of kick, kick it off. So you've got two bowls. Would, you, would you play this game? That's 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 the idea. Right, okay, so, then. Does he have a choice? No. So this is... Okay, ready? Donkey Kong... Minge. Would you call, <laughs> Would you play Donkey Kong Minge? I would really question what Nintendo were thinking. <laughs> But I would probably play it. The next game I'm going to review for The Guardian is... Uh, oh, double... I think oh, it's you need, two. You need two, you right. need two oh, ladies' parts. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so the next game I'm going to review for The Guardian is Grand Theft Pussy, Harry Clam City. <laughs> uh, it's a controversial new take on the series. I mean, Rockstar have always been edgy. <laughs> yeah, <it's> really... <laughs> They've really taken it. Yeah, they've knocked it out of the park for this time. Yeah, Dev Pussy. Who doesn't want to play that? I mean, I'm sure there's a film called that. Yeah, Uh, I'm sure there is. All right. So, topping the charts this week is (laughs) Legend of Bush, Ocarina of. Cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Shocking move from Nintendo here. Really going for that old Yeah, trying to break out of their family uh, (laughs) demographic. Ah, uh, hey! I've heard you bought a new bought a new game for your kids. What? What? Ah, oh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's actually a new MMO Keith, which as you know, oh, yeah. is a massively multiplayer online uh, yes. role playing game. I'm aware of this genre. Uh, it's actually called World of War Twat. <laughs> <laughs> really interested to know why you think that's suitable for your son. <laughs> I mean, he just likes elves and Fanny. <laughs> What child does it? <laughs> right, Stuart. Come right, on. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm interviewing a. Uh, I'm interviewing the top game developer at E3 oh. next week. Actually, Shigeru Miyamoto. Or uh, now it's the uh, creator of Final for China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interviewing the, de- the uh, developer of Final Vagina Four. Uh, really, oh, it's a beautiful game. It's much better than Final Vagina Three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got, I mean, there's a lot more uh, interactivity with it. Yeah, um, yeah. What I do love about Nintendo is that they do, um, you know, like to take their old franchises and reimagine them. You know, they do. Um, yeah, know, just bring something new, more contemporary, and that's what they're doing with Super Mario Gash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> What's gone wrong in Mushroom City this time? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. Luigi's got a herpes. Oh. <laughs> oh, not again. So, yes, I'm going to uh, BAFTA, oh, uh, yeah. who are doing a re- retrospective on uh, on this top series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is an arcade classic. I used to play it in the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pack foof. <laughs> Fuck. Foof. <laughs> so, you know Pac-Man. <laughs> uh, as well. Yeah. So they just thought, what else could we have that's oh an odd colour that, uh, that uh, yeah. has a mouth. Um, yeah. That has a, uh, yeah, an insatiable mouth. Now who's having the final dip, I think? Shall I do the final dip? It's the final yeah, game. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> so Helen, this is a game that you, I think, used to play yes, at university. Yes. Uh, one of your favourites from that era. And it was uh, Street Kebab 2, The World Quim. <laughs> 
excellent fighting game. Oh. I mean, you should see the special moves. Oh my god! Amazing scene. All right, thank you very much. Thank you very much. What a great game. Yes. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> very times. highbrow. Yes, I hope they do make it into a video game. That's that's the dream. Excellent. Now, shall we have some scummy mummy confessions? Yes. We wrap up. Do yes. You want to kick us off. I do. So mine actually came from uh, my time in Australia. Uh, I encountered a racist, Illy. I mean, who knew? Shocking. What? I know. In Australia? I know, right? Can't um, believe it. Uh, I was having my eyebrows done by the lovely Kendall. Uh, and uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, as a as a comedian, I like to dress up and wear a cat suit. She said, oh, I actually wore a cat suit the other day to a dress-up party. I went as a Spice Girl. And I said, which Spice Girl did you go as, Kendall? And she went, oh. oh, scary Spice. And I was like, oh, that. Okay, Kendall was white, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening. Um, but, but Kendall told me that she put on five coats of fake tan so, and oh. went to the party. And then when she arrived, a scary spice, they went, Kendall, that's not a good idea, Kendall. And they're like, <laughs> no. And then and then they were going to a bar afterwards. You should have used six coats. <laughs> <laughs> it's not realistic enough, Kenny. Uh, yeah, and uh, Kendall had to stay at home for a week. Yeah, wow. just to let it blend off. Um, wow. Yeah, so that was my racist beautician story. Wow, she sounds great. Yeah, good on you, Kenny. Uh, yeah. yeah, not such a great idea. Did, uh, but did she see that she maybe made a faux pas? Yeah, and I think I think also the I say faux pas. Been a massive fucking racist, is yeah. what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, not just jokes, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, yes, <laughs> make good choices there. They make mm. really good choices. Oh, that's excellent. Anyone else got a coming when we confession about the racist beautician? Maybe we've got a puppy, and I've never. I had owned a dog before, oh. and um, so Lot of shit maintenance. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness, that's the thing. Because as a non-dog owner for years, I'd obviously complain about a dog poo on the pavement everywhere. And uh, so we we took our, I took my dog out for a walk in town the other day, and I did have I had all my poo bags on me, and um, you know we've even got a little sat, a special little satchel for our poo bags. Oh, uh, and uh, that's but so my, yeah, I know exactly, but. Um, but um, my dog, unfortunately, did an incredibly squitzy soft poo right outside someone's house. Oh. And, you know, a soft poo on concrete, there's nothing you can do with a poo bag. No, no, no. Um, it's still going to so, leave a mark. Yeah, there's, gonna... there's going to be a skid mark. Mm. And it was right outside someone's house. And I just looked at it. I, had a, I, I dabbed at it with my poo bag hand <laughs> oh, and thought this is massively ineffective. Yeah. And I just legged it. Yeah, like sometimes it's the only yeah. way. We're, no. we're not condoning it, but no. we feel your pain. Exactly. You've yeah. ma- it, as long as you look like you've made an effort, so your conscience is slight. Yeah, I do. I mean, it was clear someone had had their hands in it. Yeah, <sighs> but it's not the. F- yeah, it's like that time when my son we wet himself in the Apple Store, and I, I, it's that you have that fight or flight, don't you? Yeah, time to go. Time to what go. What did you do? I I just I grabbed him and legged it. Oh, you did fight. That was just a pool. Because of- when it happened to me, I just punched everyone in the Apple Store in the face. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. They all woke up several hours later. Oh, with a poo <laughs> oh podcast done, Ellie. Yes, I think so. So your book, Keith, Days of Wonder, is out now. Yes, it's out now. Uh, and it's it freely available. Well, not freely available, freely. obviously. <laughs> also, it is available in many forms. Yeah. On e-books. On e-books. On the on, e-books. <laughs> on the old e-books. MySpace, Beepo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get on Teletext. Let's get, get navigating. <laughs> Yahoo loves it. Um, yeah, where can people follow you? They can... <laughs> I mean, in Froome. Yeah. He's in Froome. Yeah. He's in, he lives in Froome. Uh, they, I, I am on Twitter as Keith, K-E-E-F, Stuart, or Instagram as Keith.Stuart. Um, do... 
please rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. We would love that. And come and see us live, Ellie. We're all over the country, aren't we? Yes, we're all up and now we're going to Cornwall, aren't we? In yes. July. In July. Are you going to make any pasty jokes? Oh, um, we'll be all over the all scones my, yeah. and pasties. But, we're doing the we're doing the very Lardy da festival called Port Elliot. And we're also going to be in St. Ives, which was lovely. But we're going to be in, like, Manchester and Bromsgrove and, and a bit of London as well. So we're all over the place. Manchester yes. and Bromsgrove. <laughs> no. Oh, and Brighton on the 27th of June. We're doing still yes. some tickets available for that. Whitstable. Whitstable, Whitstable, Milton Keynes. Yeah. I, that's where I was born, in Milton Keynes. That's where we're going there. Um, yeah. Ah, okay. We're going there. We're going there Are you playing at the Keith Stewart Memorial? <laughs> yeah, we're doing, we're doing a Keith Stewart pilgrimage. <laughs> well, I think that's us, Thor. Yeah, all right then. Until next time. Bye bye. Oh, sorry, I didn't say thank you to Keith. Oh, thanks. Yeah. See, I'll just sit here Jesus waiting. Christ. What the hell? This is the last time I come on this shit show. Fucking hell. Dropping the ball, Lily. <laughs> um, Keith. Thanks for coming onto our massively successful platform to do some free advertising for your book. <laughs> Thank you for having me, uh, associative partner. Marketing. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> business contact. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. 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 I'll sorry. get more Prosecco oh, for this bit. Hang on. I will read it, Keith. I'm mm. really sorry. No, don't oh, worry. I've read, no, I've read a little bit of it. I really mm. like it. She's just fainted in the thing. Oh, right. I mean, I've really so read a lot. So you're chapter two. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very realistic. You painted a Thanks. beautiful picture with your words. Oh, um, thank you. How this one even open? Oh, it looks <laughs> organic. It's like Rubik's Prosecco. I think you need a screw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But and before then, let's <laughs> open the bottle of wine. <laughs>